Hey podcast people, how's it going? Azrin the Language Nerd here. Hope you're doing very, very well on this fine Thursday morning or whatever day and time it is for you right now as you're listening to this podcast episode. I'm your host, as per usual, Azrin the Language Nerd. You can find me primarily on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, YouTube, LinkedIn, and of course on TikTok. My username on all these platforms is identical. It is at Polyglot Azarin. That is spelled P-O-L-Y-G-L-O-T-A-Z or Z, depending on your country, R-E-N. You can also simply search Azarin the Language Nerd on whatever your favorite social network is. Again, that is spelled A-Z or Z-R-E-N, the Language Nerd. And welcome to another podcast episode. I am very, very excited as per usual to be recording this one here. So first and foremost, I want to give a little bit of an update based on the last podcast. I was sharing in the last podcast episode that I was in a pretty bad mood. I was in a bad mental state. I was not feeling good. And the good news is today, Thursday, a couple days later, I am feeling a lot better. In fact, even yesterday, I was feeling a lot better. And I want to give a little bit of a reminder, at least this is based on my personal experience. I've said it before in the podcast. But I act, I'm someone who believes that it's very important to feel whatever emotions are coursing through your body. Like, I think that's important. If you're feeling happy, great, be happy, roll with it. If you're feeling sad, great, feel it, roll with it. If you're feeling angry, great, feel it, roll with it. Like, you have to kind of let emotions run their course through your body. Um, I find that when you try to ignore them, if you try to go into escapism, if you try to run away from it, if you try to whatever it is, I, I often find that these, they linger for a longer period of time. And so for me anyway, I always try to, whatever I'm feeling, I try to, to actually process through it, figure out why I'm feeling it, you know, and, and act accordingly. So if I'm feeling really good, I like to go, man, why am I feeling really good? Oh, I'm feeling good because of this. Let's keep doing that. If I'm not feeling good, man, why am I not feeling good? Oh man, I'm not feeling good because of X, Y, and Z, X, Y, and Z. I've got to figure that out. What do I want to do differently? How am I going to fix that? And I find that's a healthy way to view things. So myself from a couple days ago, um, we had some, per as, as I mentioned, there were some personal challenges. I was able to process through a lot of that and, and and I'm, I'm happy. I think we found, I don't know if we've necessarily found a solution per se, but I, I, I think that essentially I feel a lot better about it after processing through a lot of those thoughts and feelings and trying to problem solve some things. Work-wise as well, you know, I'm in a much better state and I figured out some different solutions and I've looked at the bigger picture and I've realized that, oh yeah, it's okay that I was having those challenges because I'm going to do blah, 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 and it's going to be fine. And I've kind of convinced myself of that and I've realized that, which is, which is great. So the other random thing, sleep goes a long way. When I was thinking back to two days ago when I was in a really bad mood, I had a terrible sleep that day. I slept late because my sister was up really late and she, my sister was really stressed the day before. So she wasn't going to sleep and I was trying to calm her down so she can go to sleep. Even after she was in bed, I still felt very stressed out. I hadn't really fully decompressed per se, like, you know, so ultimately like I had a crappy sleep and man, crap, having a crappy sleep, having a bad sleep really throws a wrench in your whole day and really throws a wrench in things. So I think sleep often is a big thing that matters too. Now, with that aside, I want to dive into some language learning things. I've had some learnings recently that I wanted to share with the podcast people. The first thing is something that I have been doing when I'm teaching, 
which is effective and I figured it would be, but I'm shocked at how effective it has been. And I'm realizing, man, I think language learners as a whole have to be doing this as well. Because I think if they do this, based on my experiences so far, I think it's gonna help a lot of people. So what I've been doing is with my students in the new year, the past few weeks, I've been showing them a couple of different documents. The first document I've been showing them is this a document that explains the CEFR levels. So the CEFR levels, most of you probably know what they are, but I'll explain them just in case. Basically, it's a reasonably standard way of, of, of evaluating how strong you are in a foreign language. There are six levels. There's basically level one, two, three, four, five, six. The names of the levels are A1, A2, B1, B2, C1, C2. So basically A1 is like level one, C2 is like level six, and you have every level in between. C2 is the highest, A1 is kind of the, the lowest level that you could achieve. And it's, it's, it's been important for people to realize and have a good understanding of what it means to have certain levels in, you know, have a certain level in a specific language. That's important. And as I've been showing people that, it's been an eye-opener. Granted, my students are not necessarily super interested in language learning, so it was something that often they didn't know a lot about. Maybe they'd heard of it, maybe they knew a little bit, but they were not really educated on what that was. Next, we start to talk about where they actually want to, where they actually want to achieve. Like how strong of a level do they want to achieve in the long term? Do they really want to get to a C2 now that they understand what it is? Do they want to get to a B2? Is it a B1? Is it just an A2? Where are they trying to achieve in the long term? What kind of goals do they have? Where are they trying to go here? I think that, I think that's an important question because a lot of us, in fact, I'm going to argue and say maybe the majority of people, maybe not the people listening to the podcast, but in general, people, when we are learning different languages, we often just go, oh, I'm going to take this class. Oh, I'm going to take some private lessons. Oh, I'm going to try using this app. Oh, I'm going to try doing this. But we don't stop to think, where am, where is my final destination? Where am I trying to end up? It's like saying, I want to go on a trip, right? But you don't actually identify where you're going on your trip, what you kind of want to do on your trip. And instead, what you decide to do is you decide to hop in your car and start driving. Of course, hopping in your car and starting to drive is going to take you somewhere. But it might not take you somewhere that you actually wanted to end up. It might, or you might take a slower path to where you wanted to end up. So it's important to have at least some idea of where you want to end up in the long term. That goal might change. You might change your mind. Things might adjust and tweak over time. But you should have some concept, some concept minimally, right? <laughs> and if you don't know where you want to end up in the long term, you know, because you're just unsure, you, you haven't, you, you're not sure yet, you should at least know kind of what you're working towards in the medium term or the short term. At a minimum, you should know that much. And that's going to give you some direction and some guidance on kind of what steps you should be taking. So that's been a really important thing that I've been doing with my students. Um, also, going backwards half a step, I think it's important to say this. There's a really useful self-assessment grid that I highly recommend everyone looks at. In fact, I don't have the link, unfortunately. It's a very long link, but it's super easy to find. If you go into Google and you just searched and you search C, C like the letter C, C-E-F-R, self-assessment grid, 
you're gonna find a really useful grid. It's available in various languages. Like I'm looking at it right now, actually. Lots of languages. English is one of them. And it gives an extremely detailed way, an extremely detailed account of what it really means to have each level. In fact, it's more detailed than the general description you'll often find online or in videos, things like that. Very detailed, very precise account. So you can look at this grid and, and actually really understand where your level currently is and really understand kind of what you want to get to and what it means to get to that kind of level and what that kind of jump really means. Does that make sense? So that's also something I, I've been showing people that's been very powerful. The final thing that I've been showing people, which is, well, not the final thing, but the final kind of thing we start to talk about, which is something we've talked about on the podcast recently, is approximately how many hours it takes to achieve each level on the CEFR scale. How many hours does it take to achieve an A1? How many hours for A2? How many hours for B1? How many hours for B2? How many hours for C1? How many hours for C2? And we start to discuss how long that typically takes. As a reminder, I'll give you some of my, based on the research, this is a combination of some research that I've done, like by reading online, reading different articles, reading different things, and my own personal experience based on how I personally teach and what I believe I can get people to. You know, for me, where, where the numbers I've decided on are A1 takes about 100 hours of guided learn, 100 guided learn, excuse me, A1 takes 100 guided learning hours. A2 takes about 200 guided learning hours. B1 takes about, give or take, 400 guided learning hours. B2, give or take, 800 guided learning hours. C1, give or take, maybe 1,200. C2, about 2,000. C2, I've been flip-flopping between 1,600 and 2,000, but I'm gonna stick on 2,000 for now. And I feel reasonably comfortable about these numbers. Obviously, there's a little bit of leeway, might be a little bit more, might be a little bit less, might be, there's different factors, but this is a general guideline people can follow. So I've been showing that to different students, like, hey, here's kind of, here, let's look at where your level, here's the level you're at, and here's how long it takes to move up the levels. And then I'll start to do some math with them. Okay, looks like I've done some math. You've been taking lessons with me for, for a year and a half. You've taken this many hours of class and you've done approximately this many hours of homework. So the total number of guided learning hours that you have done in the past year and a half is 122 or 120. And based on what you told me about the previous study you did before our lessons, you had done 100 hours of study. So you've done 220 hours of study. Great. You, let's look at what level you're at. Let's look at the self-assessment grid. Let's look at the CEFR. Looks like in 220 hours of study, you've achieved an A2. Great, look at that, 200 hours of study. That's how long it should take you to hit an A2. Fantastic, you're moving forward at the average pace that people typically move forward at. Some people move forward faster, I've been noticing. Some people, I'll, I'll sit with them, we'll look at it, and it's like, wow, you're at a B2 and you've done less than 800 hours of study. Wow, you've done 600 and you've gotten to a B2. Wow, you're faster than the average person. Great, so let's plan out the next year. Like if you continue going the way you're going, you're gonna do 200 hours of study this year. That's gonna get you to this many hours by the end of the year. And for you to achieve your goal of C1, looks like at the current trajectory, it's gonna take you about four more years. How do you feel about that? Are you okay with that? Is that fine? And we start to have that discussion. And some people are like, oh yeah, that sounds great. Some people, some people go, ooh, that's slow. Man, that's gonna take me forever. Oh my goodness. 
and it gets people on track. And it really, that exercise, right, that I, that I just outlined in the past 10 minutes, nine minutes, is powerful. I think all language learners should be doing that kind of exercise. And it's a big wake up call and it can make sure you're moving in the right direction. And it really gives you a good, a rough idea anyway, of how long it's gonna take you for you to achieve the goals that you're trying to work towards. And it's not this kind of, and it's and language learning stops being this journey of going through a dark cave where you only see what's directly in front of you. Now you're walking through a very well lit cave and you can see the end of the tunnel and maybe it's far away. Maybe it's like, oh wow, that's like five kilometers away. That's 10 miles away, that's whatever. But at least you know, oh, I can see it. Okay, cool. I see kind of where I have to go. You have a proper roadmap. So to summarize what I just said, just to kind of say in a very simple way. Step one, familiarize yourself with the CEFR levels. Understand what they mean and really have a good, a good really understand what they mean at a, at a deep level. A great tool to do that is the CEFR self-assessment grid, which you, can, which you can find on Google very easily. Step two, figure out using the self-assessment grid, where are you on the CEFR scale? Are you at an A1, at an A2? Maybe your reading's at a B2, but your speaking's only at a B1. Maybe you're at different, different levels for different skill sets, who knows? So you've got to figure out where you are. Step three, you need to ask yourself, where are you trying to go? How good do you want to be? Right? How, like, how fluent do you want to get to in the long term? And figure out what that is. Step four, you need to start doing some basic math. You need to figure out roughly how many more hours it's going to take you to achieve that level. The way you do that is you need to look at how many guided learning hours have you done so far up at, uh, you know, in your journey, how many hours have you put in? Take a rough guesstimate. It's really hard to know exactly, but you can probably guesstimate it reasonably accurately. Figure out after that many hours of study, that's how many hours it took you to achieve the level you currently have, right? And then using that number, you're going to figure out how many more hours will it take to achieve my end goal. You can do that using the scale I gave you. A1 typically takes 100 guided learning hours. A2 is 200. B1 is 400. B2 is 800. C1, you can use 1200. C2, you can use 2000. Again, you know, uh, understand that there might be some leeway here. And the best thing you need to do is you need to look at your personal numbers and does it line up with that scale? If I'm saying A1 takes 100 hours, but you did it in 200, you need to double every number. You need to make A2 400. You need to make B1 800. You, you need to make B2 1600. You need, does that make sense? Or maybe, you know, you were really good up until B1, you hit my scale and you were right on track, but B2 took you 1400 and not 800. Well, now you've got to say, oh wow, it took me an extra 600 hours. That's a this much percentage. I need to add that percentage of C1 and C2 because I was wrong or I didn't follow that scale. Okay, interesting. Does that make sense? And then you can use that to map out how much longer it's gonna take you. And finally, the final step is you need to figure out based on how many hours and based on the your current trajectory, based on how you're currently studying, are you on track or rather, how much longer is it gonna take you? And are you happy with that? If you're not, you need to start looking at and making it, making some adjustments in your current study plan. Okay, everyone, I hope you liked that, that this podcast here. I think this is a very practical one. I hope it was useful. This might be the best podcast I made of 20, 2020 so far. Very useful, very down to earth, concrete. And 
yeah, I'm very happy with this. I think it can help a lot of you if you listen. So, all right. Thanks again for your attention. I appreciate it. And we'll talk very, very soon. Okay. Bye for now.